Praise God. What a great way to end our time of praise with those incredible words. And I'll revisit those words that we were singing at the end in, our, in the middle of our sermon as well because they fit perfectly for what I believe God wants us to hear and how He wants us to be encouraged uh, in our faith as we continue to move forward in our lives and through this, this time that we're in and, and moving forward toward more lifting of restrictions and all that we've been through. God is faithful and He's always working. Amen? And, and we just hold on to that even when it doesn't feel like it or we don't see it. So praise God. I want to thank you again just for uh, joining us today. I'm glad you're, uh, you're with us and that we can just hear from the Lord this morning and be encouraged. And uh, I want to thank you as well just for your, uh, your generous support, your donations, your offerings. And uh, just thank you for sending those to one of our two addresses or uh, going online and, and, and clicking the, the online giving uh, link. And so I just thank you for that. And that we continue to move forward and just uh, do everything that Jesus wants us to. To make him, if I could say, famous. To make him known. To declare who he is. To proclaim his, how, how awesome he is and that he is excellent. And so we just thank God for that and thank you. Amen. This morning, we're looking in the Bible and we're in one of my favorite books, although it can be challenging sometimes. Uh, and that is Job in the Old Testament. Again, we are in Job. And I was just prompted, I felt this week as I was preparing, I was going back and forth, but just feeling that, uh, you know, we've been through this uh, time for, for several weeks now, over two months uh, with uh, the coronavirus, and we're kind of waiting. Uh, there are all kinds of feelings, emotions, um, as I've shared with many of you, um, and I'm grateful that I could touch base with so many of you, but the emotions, the feelings, the the opinions, quite frankly, are, are all over the spectrum. They're everywhere, from one end to the other extremes. And so I say that because if you're a Christian, um, and especially if you're a part of this church body, I thank God that, that you are understanding that not everybody thinks like you do. And I thank God that you are aware that people will have a lot of different opinions. And some are more cautious than others. Some are more confident than others. But we're still one family, and we're still serving God. We're all different, but we've been brought together by, by Jesus and what he did, and, and in the spirit of unity by the Holy Spirit. So I just thank God for that, and, and I just keep, I want you to keep that in mind as we keep moving forward. But there are many uh, individuals, not only maybe that I've talked to, but in, in our world that are, are, are a little reluctant, or they're, they're hesitant about going out and about and being as free as maybe they can be, I suppose. And, and there could be a lot of reasons for that. And, um, and even if you aren't that way, or if you're, you're doing just fine through this whole situation that we're going through and we've been through, um, I just want to encourage you and challenge you uh, with this, this message at the same time. Um, in Job chapter 23, uh, from the first verse, really, verse 2, really, actually, verse 2 to verse 14 is our text. And the question there is, and maybe it's a question that you've asked. I know that I have asked many times in my life, and I have addressed this is your mic on? in the past. And as I've addressed that in the past, um, some of you are familiar, remember, in Job chapter 23, um, this question of, God, where are you? Maybe you felt that way. Maybe you haven't. God, where are you? In all of this, in my own life, in my own circumstance, and we go through these phases and seasons, 
And it's a very, it's real, it's fair, it's okay to ask that question and to even ask God, where are you? What's going on? Are you around? Are you aware? You know, Job had the same experience, as well as many others in the scripture, including King David, and the Psalms are filled with those kinds of questions. But in Job chapter 23, verse 2, read along with me as I read until verse 14. And Job says, and we'll visit his story in a minute, even today my complaint is bitter. His hand is heavy in spite of my groaning. If only I knew where to find him. If only I could go to his dwelling. I would state my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would find out what he would answer me and consider what he would say to me. Would he vigorously oppose me? No, he would not press charges against me. There the upright can establish their innocence before him, and there I would be delivered forever from my judge. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt that way? I mean, can you feel? It almost sounds depressing and sad. And like, if I could just get to God, if I could really make my feelings known to him. But look at because of something that was inside Job, because he was a faithful man. He loved God. He knew who God was. Look what he says in verse 8. And there, be, there, there starts, and he, and he goes here, and he's, he, he's teetering. And, and then by verse 10, he jumps over to another side in his perspective. In verse 8, he says, If I go to the east, he's not there. If I go to the west, or maybe in your translation it says left or right, but the concept is the same. If I go to the west, I do not find him. And if I go, but he is at work in the north, I don't see him there. And when he turns to the south... I catch no glimpse of him. You ever feel that way as well? Listen to verse 10. But, great word. It's a great word. Whenever you're reading, it's a transition. But, he knows the way that I take. And when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. This is incredible knowledge and it gives me hope and it inspires me inside of me. When things are, are, are happening around me, I'm not feeling God or I'm not sensing God or he might seem distant and there's chaos around me and uncertainty. But he knows the way that I take and I'm going to come forth as gold. And verse 11 says, my feet have closely followed his steps. I have kept to his way without turning aside. In other words, God, I've been faithful to you, and I know it. I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. If you could imagine that, that you wouldn't even care to eat. You just want God's word in your spirit. Verse 13, but he stands alone. Or maybe in your translation, but he is unique. There's no one like him. And who can oppose him? He does whatever he pleases. Verse 14, the last verse. He carries out his decree against me. And many such plans he still has in store for me. And I love what the New Living Translation says in that last phrase. 
It says in a Luluing translation that he controls my destiny. Man, that is so comforting. And I want you to take that to heart and hide that there, that God controls your destiny. And the first lesson that we learn if you're a Christian, when you become a child of God, it's salvation is this, that God is real no matter how I feel. It's one of the first lessons you should learn. And if you're just a mature human being who has had experience in life, even if you're not a Christian, you know that it's not always how you feel. It's not, but, but there's more to life than just how you feel. And our life should not be dictated by our feelings or by appearance of things. But as a Christian especially, God is real, no matter how I feel. It's a truth to stand on. It's a prayer that I pray with my boys every night. And I will pray until I die and they die. Whatever that is, I will pray. Thank you, God, that even though we don't see you, you are real. You exist. You are reality. You are true. You're there. It doesn't matter if we don't see you. You are real. And listen, the deepest level, I think, of worship, think about this and look in your own heart. The deepest level of worship for the Christian is praising God in spite of pain. It's thanking God during a trial. Boy, that's hard, but man, that is deep when you do it and it opens up things inside you and your connection to God is so strengthened and solidified. The deepest level of worship is, is trusting Him when you're tempted to do something you shouldn't do. The deepest level of worship is surrendering. It's a big word and it's hard, but surrendering while you're suffering, even if it's unjust or you don't feel it's fair and it hurts like crazy, but you're just surrendering. That's worship. And, and how about such a deep level of worship to love him when he seems so distant and far away? way out there on the horizon, and maybe not even there, but it's, you're still going to, to love Him when you don't see Him, when you don't feel Him. Listen, all relationships involve times of closeness and times of distance. That's just how relationships work, and it's how it is with God. So don't be discouraged if you feel that way. And maybe during this time that we've been through, You've been struggling with different kinds of thoughts about the future or about where you are now and you feel depressed or you feel discouraged or anxious for a number of reasons, whether it's people you know that have fallen ill or maybe it's because of your employment situation, financial, emotional, whatever it is, but you feel that way. Take heart. God is near. David said in Psalm 20, and he was familiar with the idea of feeling that God was so distant, he said in Psalm 20 and 1, My God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? And from the words of my groaning, it's an echo of what Job was saying. And by the way, David said something similar to this many times in the Psalms that he wrote. Often, when we feel so alone, we are in some type of sin because the Bible does teach us 
that sin separates us from God. It creates an obstacle or there's a barrier that starts to get put up and it, it affects our fellowship and our relationship with God and we feel alone and it can feel like God is further. And It's not because he's further. It's because our sin has separated us from God. However, this feeling may simply also just be a test of our faith. Will you continue to love, to trust, to obey, and to worship God even when you can't sense His presence? That's the essence of faith. Believing a God that you can't see and putting all your trust and all your love towards Him and on Him. David cried out also in, in Psalm 10 and verse 1, Why do you stand so far off, O Lord? Why do you hide in times of trouble? Think about this. In one day, Job lost everything. Family, business, health, and all his possessions. And he fell to the ground. And in chapter 1 and verse 20, after all this heaven, the Bible records, he fell to the ground in worship. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb. And naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. How could he say this? What did he know in the deepest part of his heart? The truth is that the attitudes that we take towards our circumstances in life are always determined by our perspective. Think about it. A sprinter who's running in the Olympics or somebody who's doing the hurdles, he's going through, they could look at it as something that's immense and something that can't be conquered. But they see it as a challenge that he can and that they must overcome to win the race. They don't get afraid. They don't back down. It's in their mind, but they put it away. But they have that perspective. My dad was a carpenter. And one of the things that he specialized in was building the wooden railing, handrails. And sometimes they were long, 30, 40 feet long. And the total linear foot was even more, up to 100 feet. But he did great work and amazing work. He was a perfectionist. But think about it. If he came in one day and he saw the empty staircase, all the steps there on the stair tread with no handrail. And he looked at it and he just said, this is impossible. This is going to take so long. There's going to be so much sweat. There's going to be so much possibly scrapes and bruises and even cuts on my hand. And, I, and it's just going to take so long. I can't do it. But his perspective was, I know and I can visualize what the finished product will be. And he went to work. It didn't matter if it took him a week or two weeks or a month. He stayed at it and so should we. Because our perspective should be on the fact that God sees us and knows us. And we have to gain God's perspective. And that's one of the first things that Job knew. And, and we need to know, even when God seems distant, first, we need to know that when we don't see God, God sees us. That is a universal truth, if I would put it, in Scripture, universally, throughout Scripture. That is there. We don't see Him, He sees us. Look at verses 8 to 10. He declared there to his friends that God knows the way that I take. 
See, Job had lost all his worldly possessions because he was rich. He had many, many possessions. And he lost his children by tragedy. And it seemed that there was no happy ending in sight. And those closest to him, his friends, they didn't have the courage to stand with him. Instead, they betrayed him, including his own wife, who said and faulted him and even encouraged him to curse God and die. That's strong stuff. And when we reach Job in our text here later on in the book of Job, he has already been criticized by his so-called friends. And they were friends, but I say friends. Job wanted to find God in his difficult circumstances so that he could state his case to him. But no matter where he turned, God could not be seen or felt. And in spite of all this, Job made a bold statement of faith. He declared his complete trust in God by declaring, He knows the way that I take. He knows where I am. It's comforting to know that God knows us and sees us completely all the time. David declared the depth of God's knowledge in Psalm 139, and you may be familiar with this psalm. He knows in verse 2 in Psalm 139, He knows our coming and our going. Wherever we go, God sees, He knows, and He's aware. He knows our thoughts, David says also in Psalm 139, before we even think them. I mean, that just, that blows my mind, but that's how, how much and how deeply and, and how fully and completely God knows you and me. In verse 3 in Psalm 139, He knows the way that we walk wherever we go with our feet. In verse 4, He knows the words before we even speak them, not to mention our thoughts. And as if that isn't enough, think about what Job says in chapter 34 and verse 1. He says, His eyes are upon the ways of men, and he sees all his steps. Job said that also. He sees that God's eyes are on all men, and he sees all of their steps. God is fully aware. His eyes see everything and everywhere you are, even when you don't think he's around. Jesus came as a human being so that we could know that he understands and knows us. Not only do we have the example of Job and David and others in the past, but Jesus himself. Hebrews 4.15 says that Jesus is the high priest who sympathizes with and understands our weaknesses, not just in his head, or not just because he's distant and has seen it, but from experience as a human being. Hebrews 2.17 says that Jesus became human in every way. In every way. Our emotions, our feelings, feeling, feeling forsaken, feeling sadness, discouraged, feeling hunger, feeling pain, feeling the loss of friends and, and the grief that comes with that. But he understood humanity in every single way. He knew it. He lived it. He experienced the whole human deal, if you will. And what comes with that package? The pain of betrayal. The temptations that he experienced and overcame. His friend Lazarus died in the grief, as I mentioned earlier, he experienced that. Angered and being angered by religious people. 
frustrated. He experienced it all. Just to name a few things. You know, it's easy for us oftentimes in our minds to think that we can relate to people who are going through things. But until you're actually in their shoes, you can't truly say you understand and know. Oh, you can maybe in your imagination because of your other experiences or something you may have gone through similarly, but things like illness and death and I guess unemployment and we think we know what that's like, but until we're there, Jesus was there. He experienced everything humanity has to offer, if you will. The good, the bad, the ugly, the joy, the pain, the sadness. He was there. So how does that apply to me and you? Despite all our circumstances, despite everything going on around us, or how things appear, or how distant God may feel, we must remember that God knows our way, and that when we don't see God, He sees us. That is awesome stuff. And I'm so encouraged by that. And I want to encourage you with that. But secondly, you have to know also that when God acts, it's according to his plan. Now, we just sang a little while ago in one of our last songs that we sang, we declared that even when when it seems that he's not, that, it's see, that we can't see that he's working or that we, we can't understand how he's working, we know that he never stops working. He's always working. Even if you don't feel it or see it, God is always working on your behalf for your good so his plan can be fulfilled. I love that. I take so much comfort and joy in that because... Let's be honest, life isn't perfect, but God sees and knows, and he's working. Job declared in verse 14 that God performs what is appointed for me. Or as we read in the NIV, he carries out his decrees against me. There is nothing. In fact, in another chapter, Job says that no plan of God's, I think it's chapter 42, that no plan of God's can be thwarted. God is going to do for you what he wants, and he wants to do good for you, and he will do it. It doesn't mean that what God does is always understood. I, I don't all understand everything that God does or why he allows certain things in my life or in life around me. But Job focused on who God is, and God is unchanging, he's all-powerful, and in control. He is sovereign. Everything is in complete control in his hands. He knows it, he knows what's happening, and he knows what will happen. And he's in charge. It's, and I love that. Never doubt. Somebody said, I don't know who, I have a question mark by this quote, because I don't know who it was, but they said, never doubt in the dark what God told you in the light. Never doubt in the dark what God told you in the light. Do you remember all those things you read and you took to heart when things were good and you're understanding and you're hearing from God, but when it gets dark and God seems far away, don't forget all those things he said because they're still true. After Job's health, his possessions, and his family were restored in the end, he still did not completely understand God's plan. Verse 
42 and 2, and I got ahead of myself. This is where he says, he did acknowledge that. He says, you can do everything about God and to God, he said. And that no purpose or plan of yours can be withheld or thwarted from you. Little did Job realize that his life story would be an inspiration to people for generations to follow and, and God to follow God, even in the hardest of circumstances. God's plans and purposes can never be fully understood by you and me. Paul said in Romans chapter 11 and verse 33, Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. But he's awesome. And he knows it all. And just accept it and understand and trust him that even when you can't see him or feel him, he's working on your behalf. And then he does still see you and he's working on your behalf. That's how awesome our God is. Only God can take and can find a way to take the most difficult times of life and our greatest mistakes or failures and struggles and, and doubts and glorify his name. The examples in the Bible of God doing that with people are numerous. And God has done it over and over again. He's taking people in those difficult situations. And when they hang on and trust Him, He does something glorious. You might never fully understand God's plan and purpose for the events that mark your life and what you might be going through now. But yet, with Job... We must remember that God not only knows our ways, but He has ordained our lives as Christians, as His people, and is working on our behalf. So what's left is to trust God to keep His promises. Hold on to His word. And Job said, I have not departed from the commands of His lips. I have treasured the words of His mouth more than my daily bread. Hang on to that. God's plan is to perfect us and to glorify His name. So finally and quickly, know that when we are tested, as Job said, we will shine forth as gold for His glory. Oh man, it seems so miserable. It seems so discouraging. It seems like, it seems depressing maybe. But take heart, because after we are tested and we hang on and we know and have that perspective that God sees us and He knows the way He has for us and He's working on our behalf, we're going to come forth shining for His glory. He was becoming, Job was becoming a more perfected saint, just like you and I are. Job was in agony, but he knew God well enough to know that his pain would cause him to shine in the end. Unfortunately, Job's friends were unwilling or unable, I guess, to grasp this fact. They blamed Job's troubles on his own moral failures or his lack of integrity. And trials are not necessarily the result of sin or disobedience. Remember that. Sometimes they're instruments that God uses to make us who He wants us to be. Brilliant shining, coming forth as glory, gold, showing off the glory of God for God's glory, not ours. 
And this idea is born or comes out of the writings of the apostles. And in James 1, verses 2 to 3, James says that we should count it all joy when we have trials, when our faith is tested and it produces patience and a lot of other good things. In fact, in the end, godliness. Paul and Silas were in prison and they were suffering for doing the right thing. Their circumstances weren't great. But they came out in Acts chapter 16 and they were glorifying God. Glorifying God. So remember these things. Be encouraged when it feels like God is so distant. And maybe you're asking, God, where are you in all of this? Why have you allowed all this to happen in my life? Why have you allowed this to happen in our world? I want to encourage you, as challenging as it may be, and as many obstacles as you, you may have in your reasoning or in your mind or your thoughts, that God sees you. He knows the way that you take and that he's perfecting you. And even though we can't understand everything, he's got a plan to make you something amazing that shows off his glory and his power at work in your life. And the attitude that we take toward our circumstances in life are always determined by our perspective. Imagine you're walking across sand dunes with nothing but dunes on the horizon. And you're in, it's just, they're huge and you can't see nothing but sand dunes. And you don't see anything else outside the horizon. Just sand dunes. And they're huge and they're insurmountable. And you're weary and you're tired and you're walking through. But let's flip it for a minute for perspective. Now pretend you're an ant in a sandbox and those hills seem big and the sandbox seems like there's no horizon there's nothing there's no end to them you're walking around over and over and to the ant to the ant to you as an ant the sand juts up in huge dunes but to someone looking down in that sandbox they're just tiny little piles so when we know that God sees us that he acts according to his plans for us and that he is perfecting us as gold, then we realize that that sandbox, this life that we live in, these huge sand dunes, they're nothing. He sees the end. He sees what's on the other side of the dune. And in fact, he knows that at the right moment, he just might stretch his hand down and press down that dune until it's flat in his time, in his way. He reveals his power that is working in you even when you don't feel it and he comes in and makes it all amazing for his glory and for his glory alone. Maintain that perspective. Be encouraged today as we close and I encourage you to bow your head as we, we ask the Lord to help us to have that perspective like Job did. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this word, this reminder from Job. We thank you for his persistence, his perseverance, and his faith, his patience, God, <clears throat> to hang on to every single word, your promises, your decrees, your commands. Lord, as a result, his perspective was right. He knew that even though he felt like he couldn't see you or reach you or get a hold of you, you saw him. He knew that you were working on his behalf and you were doing great and amazing things in his life 
to perfect him that when he came through all the testings, all the difficulty, he would be better for it and show forth your glory. Lord, give us that perspective today. May our heads be lifted high. May our hearts be strengthened and encouraged today because you, Jesus, are working in our lives. And Holy Spirit, you have not left us or forsaken us. And you are working all the time to bring glory to your name. We love you, Jesus, and thank you that you are a faithful God. To you be the glory, the honor, and the praise. And it's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. God bless you. Have a blessed Memorial Day weekend. Uh, remember that God is with you and he'll never leave you or forsake you and he's working on your behalf. Amen.